Hey, this is Chrissy from Against the Current, and you're listening to the Rock Sound Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Rock Sound Podcast. I'm Will Cross. Tam's in, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. It's a little bit cold outside. It is cold. It? Uh, we are in the middle of a blizzard right now in the UK. <laughs> I literally, I looked outside my window and I was like, I can't believe they're making me go in to record the podcast today because <laughs> that is one hell of a blizzard that is blowing. Yeah, but you made it. I so, made it through. Oh, power through just for you guys. That's it, that's it. And Jack Rogers, hello. All right, Will. Merry Cribness. Yeah, yeah, you too, man. Yeah, yeah it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's just cold like it's just got your hands in your your hoodie pockets that's what you think yeah Um, oh no starting off well starting off well (laughs) on that note on that note before we do anything else right this is going to be the last rock sound podcast for a little while but we are going to be back with a brand new format in the near future with all sorts of exciting new features cool new stuff loads and loads of stuff to get involved with so that's all to come so keep an eye out for all of that online our soundcloud and our itunes rocksound.tv everything online check out keep your eye out going to be absolutely amazing so today is going to be an absolute blockbuster total riot before we go on break for a little while so um yeah follow us on soundcloud subscribe to us on itunes uh last week we had our new issue launch special which is absolutely amazing uh jack chatting to austin knight patty walters what parks and as it is when patty met austin you guys out there absolutely loving it seeing you guys respond to this issue just how excited all of you have been ordering up the bundles it's been absolutely amazing getting to know who are essentially the leaders of a new generation of bands absolutely amazing but this week, we have got some very, very exciting stuff. So to celebrate the announcement of their secret, amazing comeback album, Raise Me, we spoke to both Spencer Chamberlain and Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath um, in revealing, honest, and uh, at points quite shocking back-to-back interviews. Absolutely incredible. If you're an Under Oath fan, you have to listen to this. The guys were completely open, honest, full-on amazing interviews and then we chat to the absolutely brilliant Bo Boken from Bless the Fool who've also been through a really really amazing journey uh, to chat all about their brand new album Half Feelings their switch from labels from Fearless onto Rise you know and how they feel it's their time to shine after you know well, what again in a, is in a very honest and open interview that Bo felt that they were taken for granted of and they were kind of left in the dark with a lot of things so it was an amazing chat in that respect too um, but Jack <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did that all first to kind of drive a little bit of uh, excitement, but um, <laughs> it's uh, the last little sing-song roulette yeah. for uh, the break. Yeah, and what is it, Will? It is, I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> Sorry, can I just, like, if you could see the look on Jack's face right now. I mean, like, no one, no one should sing Whitney. Like, if people haven't noticed, like, it's because... Um, FOB have covered it for Spotify and it's great and it's the fact that no one should cover Whitney Houston because like who can only Patrick and I, then, and then I like, believe Will's... that you can Tams is excited alright you got to do it for Tams in is it I want to dance with somebody I want to feel the heat with somebody yeah, I want to dance with somebody, with somebody who loves me. That was that was everything I'd ever wanted. That was amazing. Jeez. Yeah, it's like she's living 
through me now. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, Moving on. Sam's in. <laughs> news, news. Big news in the Roxanne world. The Roxanne breakout stage has been announced for this year's Slam Dunk Festival, and it is sick. Um, amazing lineup of the most exciting new bands around. Palais Royale will headline along with performances from Chapel, Dreamstate, Grayscale, Holding Absence, Milestones, Sleep On It, Stand Atlantic, and The Fame. We are stoked. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Big up. Big time. Fall Out Boy have unveiled unreleased Mania demos in the form of. Yep. <laughs> Wait, what? Larmania. 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 Can someone please just turn Jack around? Yeah. <laughs> it's on bad behaviour. He's yeah. It's quite the main. Yeah. <laughs> Asking Alexandra have covered Ed Sheeran's Perfect because why not? The cover was done for Sirius XM and you can check it out on our website, head to rocksound.tv. Dobroco, Trophy Eyes, Straight From The Path and more have been announced for Reading and Leeds. Parkway Drive have released a new song and video called Wishing Wells. And Under Oath have revealed their comeback album, Erase Me, that's due for release on April 6th with new song On My Teeth, now online. Yes, they have. That leads us straight into our double interview with Under Oath. Absolutely incredible stuff. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to run Aaron first and then we're going to go straight into Spencer. So um, yeah, just so much to get through here. The new album, Erase Me, uh, we've heard it. It's absolutely Absolutely amazing um, you know when that came through like that was it before it was announced it was just like oh my god there's an album so absolutely incredible just all about the comeback you know why the band split up in the first place struggles with religion struggles with drug addiction going through hell and back to come back to be able to be the strongest that they believe under oath has ever been absolutely amazing so without further ado here we go aaron gillespie of a rejuvenated reformed under oath here we go so it's the obviously the first album um, as the reformed lineup. Um, it's a huge moment. Um, what made you decide to to do the album? Because obviously you know you had the the shows back and then you had touring and then you've kind of built up to it. So what was the kind of what was the major decision behind going into a, a brand new album? I don't I don't know if it was a, you know like a specific moment, if you will. I think that. A question like this is best answered by saying, "Yo, it was this day we sat down and had some drinks and decided, you know, but we, uh, we honestly, it was just like one of those things that happens over time where I think that, you know, we've always been one of those bands that doesn't, um, we get bored quick, you know, in a sense where we, like we always have just in sound checks been messing with songs back in the day. You know, we were never, ever really just playing our songs and leaving. It was always like, working on something new or some interlude for the show or so it's just a natural thing that we always do, you know, that we always just create. So I think that, you know, when we decided we were going to stay a band and not just do one tour, it, it was just kind of the natural thing that we did was kind of begin to write an album and begin to think about how we would create an album, you know, there's no fun story, you know, it's kind of <laughs> happened. <laughs> No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I mean, because you know, obviously, as well with uh, with you know previous albums in this uh, in the the original condition of the band. I mean, w w obviously, you know, you you guys. I was reading up, and you guys would would fight uh, for certain songs, you know, and there'd be um, a fair bit of clashing in that sense as you'd be creating the albums. Um, were you worried that that might sure. be the case again, or, or did it just feel very level as you went into it? You know, we made a we made a different decision with this album. Um, we uh, we wrote this album kind of separately. Like Spencer and I did a lot of writing together, 
Um, and Chris and Tim did a lot of writing together. And then we just kind of put all these songs in a pot and picked through them, um, which we've never done. It's always been like, let's really fight for 12 songs, 11 songs, whatever. And then we'll hopefully get to the zero at the end. You know what I mean? This, this time we really, truly, um, we just wrote a ton of songs, which we've never done, which is why I think that this is such a great record for us because we really had a ton to choose from. You know, we weren't trying to pick up the pieces and meld things together. We really had a ton of um, material to choose from. So it was more level in the sense that it wasn't as much of a war to get through. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was more of like a, you know, let's pick the, the best 11, 12 songs. Let's not, you know, try to try to fight over these, you know, and it was a different process this time. This is the first time that um, there's only been four of us in the studio and there's still six of us in the band, but only four of us actually recorded on the record. Um, so it was a totally different process. And it was a really trusting process. You know, I would leave for weeks at a time when Tim would be playing guitars and um, Spencer and I would leave and write lyrics for a few days. And um, it was just, it was a way more level process. So, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we really knew what kind of record, um, and we really, really, sorry, we really didn't know what kind of record we wanted to make. We just knew, knew we wanted to make a great record. And then it being eight years since we made a record, we really felt like it had to be something special. So we really just kind of dug our heels in and trusted each other, you know. Definitely, yeah. Because I mean, what were the reasons for the four of you going in to record? Obviously, with the, the six of you still being um, in the band. <clears throat> Yeah, I, we, you know, with Under Oath, you know, we, um, it's always been like the other two guys really giving their input um, and kind of um, their artistic direction on the songs, um, but they were never um, kind of bread and butter writers, if you will. You know, they would have great ideas and great direction, and <clears throat> that's stuff that we still took from them for this record. They just weren't there for the process, you know, so we would present them songs and be like, what do you think? And they would say, this should be this way, or this should be that way. But before, they were always in the room. And it created kind of this uh, more difficult way of working. So we found a more streamlined way of doing it, you know, where they still get the same <clears throat> input into the material that they would um, before, but it's a more streamlined environment. And I think a lot of that comes with age. You know, we're all um, in our 30s. So it's not that 20s, like, angst thing of being like, I have to be there for every second. Fuck you if you don't want me to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this was more like they understood and we understood and, and, and we got the same shit done without having to spend as much time as normal uh, kind of arguing over the material, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, totally. As well, I mean, you know, your time away from the band as well, you know, obviously everything you've done with the Almost and, uh, you know, obviously you did lots of Paramore as well. And like, you know, you've been doing so many different things. Did that really help as well with this album? And that did it, you came back into it feeling refreshed, I guess. And like you say, you know, you, you, you all like so many different styles of music these days. I mean, did that time away really kind of play into that? Oh, I mean, and I think for everybody, even though, you know, a lot of those guys weren't off doing something in the industry like I was, like, you kind of miss where home is. You know what I mean? Like, if you left England and went to China for three weeks, you'd be like, man, it'd be really, it'd be really nice to be at home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not that China's a bad place. There's lots of great stuff in China. And there's lots of great things about what I did. You know, I mean, I got to do bucket list things with Paramore. You know, we did two nights at the Wembley, you know, like... I mean, it was a, I mean, I got to do things that I never thought I would get to do, but still you really miss, you miss home. You know what I mean? You miss, you miss what you're supposed to be doing. 
You know, like that's, that's what you were designed to do. You missed your mom, you missed your mom's roast dinner, so to speak, <laughs> put it in, in British terms. You know what I mean? So yeah, man. And, and, and it just really throws you into like, when you get back with your people and you get back creating where you, you first created, I think that the art becomes more pure. Does that make sense? Like it's more honest than any under oath record and it's more, um, it's more vital than any under oath record. And I think a lot of that is because we felt like it was so important to really put ourselves out there um, more than we ever have, especially like thematically and lyrically. And, um, and I think all of that time away really helped me really want to go after those things. So, yeah, definitely. No, 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 you can hear that. Cause I mean, you know, moving on to the lyrics, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, especially the way that you and Spencer have always bounced off each other when it's come to the lyric department has always been particularly striking. I mean, and that's very much the case again on this record. Um, I mean, in terms of lyrics, obviously they go very, very deep. It's a very heavy album lyrically. Like where were you coming from in particular? Which angle were you coming from lyrically this time? You know, I think that um, it's interesting because I think that we really grabbed into um, two real themes on this record. And one is like loss. And I think that that is a loss of, for me, I was going through a divorce at the time when we were making, uh, when we were writing the record and Spencer was dealing with um, getting off drugs at the time. So it was the loss of those two things and how we realized, really realized that <clears throat> those two things are very, were very close in thematically for both of us. So we were able to just sit down and write all these songs together um, and it makes sense. And then the second thing is um, a lot of struggles with, with um, where we came from um, and kind of how we were brought up as kids um, and kind of how we portrayed ourselves for a long time with a religious background, which um, we don't really subscribe to anymore. Um, and, and that's not to say that certain people don't have beliefs, but we don't subscribe to being a religious band. We don't, um, we don't talk about those things. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, of us kind of coping with the fact, um, that we came out of that and how we feel on the backside of that. Um, and what we believe that to be, you know? Um, <clears throat> so those are, the, those are the two main themes. And this is the first record that Spencer and I ever, um, we've always written stuff together, but then we had things that we would write and bring, um, to each other and kind of, you know, make a cocktail with it, if you will. And this is the first time we actually sat down and wrote every song together. Wow. Which is really cool. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause I, I mean, going, having to go through those things, especially, I mean, going through them together and putting them down to the paper. I mean, was it particularly difficult? I mean, it must have been a very, very cathartic experience, especially, like you say, you know, kind of even letting go of certain things that have, that have partly defined the band, you know, in the past. Was it particularly difficult to go through? I think that, you know, the, the defining things of the band in the past, those were freeing things to go through. Mm. Um, not difficult in the sense, it was difficult to say the things that we said on this record, but it was freeing because I think that for many, many years during Under Earth, we, we were where we held that term of a Christian band. A lot of us didn't feel that way, you know? Um, and it was just, I don't, you know, it's one of those things like in your family where you just have this unspoken thing that you never stop doing and you don't know why, mm. you know? Um, and for us to put a label on our band is just something I don't think is safe. I don't think music should ever have a label because once you put a label on something and say, this is a, this is a vegan band or this is a Christian band, or this is a satanic band, or this is a fucking hamburger only band. Well, you know, whatever you begin to, 
you begin to make that music for only that group of people, you know? Um, so for us, it was freeing to take that label off. But uh, the other part of the record that was very cathartic was everything we were going through personally, Spencer and I, and how we could really draw a line between the two and really realize how um, close they were thematically. Um, but yeah, the first, you know, we started writing songs. So what are we, we're beginning of 2018 now. We started writing probably at the end of 2016. Oh, wow. So the longest we've ever written, the longest we've ever written for a record. And Spencer would come out and stay with me out West here in America. And I, I, I have a studio where I produce lots of other bands and I would just black out the studio for, you know, two or three weeks and we would just dig our heels in. Um, and it's very weird to think back even where we were emotionally and mentally then um, as to where we are now and this thing is being released. Um, it's almost like we're different people and almost like this record kind of helped us kind of get through those times, you know, which is, which is really cool to say because I think that in our past records, you know, we definitely poured our hearts and our guts into them, but I, you know, this is the first one that we've really ever been. Um, this up front, you know, and I think that it's really been cathartic for us. So, so yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, actually, that leads on to what I was going to ask next because I mean, with this record, obviously, like you know, like we've been saying, it is hugely different, and there are moments that really knock you left field. I mean, obviously, it's bits of it sound, you know, have that classic underworld feel, but there are so many parts that feel like new ground for the band. And I mean, like, is that the main point of this record then? You know, that you wanted to kind of, uh, it was basically do something new, do something that that was a, a leap again for underworld and would stand up in in its own shoes, essentially rather than just, you know, releasing, like you say, to find the Great Line Part 2 or, uh, you know, their only chasing yeah. safety Part 2. Was that something that was very, very conscious sure. in your minds? Absolutely. I don't, I don't think that, you know, it wasn't conscious in our minds, like, let's make this super different. I yeah. think it was, we really just dug our heels in and said, let's make the best songs that we can make. And if they're different, you know, if they're completely something else, then that's okay. Like, you know, we had a conversation for a year leading up to making this record, you know, we made it over the summer, um, this past year. Um, and we just, and then we spent forever mixing the thing. We just got the finals back around Christmas time. So, you know, we spent all this time talking about making this record and we spent all this time writing songs, but what we really realized in the end was that it was dangerous for us to kind of look at each other and say, you know, this doesn't feel like under oath. This doesn't feel like us. And we, we realized halfway through that this is us. This is what we do. It's, it's the six of us. This is our music. Um, and it's going to sound like under oath, even if, uh, you know, to quote you, it feels a little bit left field. You know what I mean? And to me, you know, hearing people say that, that's the goal for me. That, that's like, oh, we did it. Like, we did it. Because you can listen to it and go, oh, it's those guys. And it has that urgency and that under oath feel. And it feels very now and very passionate and vital. But it's something else. And that was, that was the thing that, that we kind of proved to ourselves was that I got fucking angry one day because someone was like, oh, this doesn't sound like us. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? We, us hasn't been an us in eight years, so who cares? Yeah. Right? Like, <clears throat> who cares what us is? But it's funny now to come out of making this record and not really paying attention to what us means, but it's still being us. So to me, that, that kind of proves to myself 
and kind of proves to us that we made the right record because it still feels like under oath, but it's something completely different, you know, and we really didn't, um, that wasn't our thing was even trying to feel like under oath. We just made the best record that we knew how to make in our thirties, you know, which is obviously going to be a different, you know, product than we made when we were 23 years old, you know? So, Wow. No, I mean, that's absolutely amazing, yeah. man. I mean, I, I mean, like that said, you know, and the fact that, you know, you're so proud of this record and it, it feels so new. I, I mean, kind of going back to, you know, when the band took a break and when, you know, around the time you left and everything, how did you feel back then? Like kind of looking back now in this very positive space, like did, did you ever feel like the band were kind of taking for granted? Did you ever feel like that? Sure. Or, or did it just, did it just feel that, that you, you needed time away? Like, how was that feeling looking back? Mm. When I left, the band was more successful than ever mm. in a touring capacity. You know, I left like right during the Lost in the Sound of Separation tour. Actually, my last show was in Milan. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know that. I think I took it for granted. I don't think people mm. did because the band was super successful. You know, um, but I I think that um, I I felt like the music began to sound the same, and I had a lot of you know, that's another conversation. I had a lot of reasons that I left, but you know, on, on the artistic side, I think that we just needed the break, you know, in order for us to make something vital again. And not to say that, that loss in the sound and disambiguation weren't good records, but, um, you know, I think that the strength of under Rose has always been, we put out these records that sound nothing like the one before, but it's still us somehow, you know, you go from chasing safety to find the great line. And that's like, you know, chocolate and hot sauce. It's yeah. two completely different things, you know, <clears throat> but you're still somehow connected to the band, you know, you still somehow feel like it's the same. It is the same band, you know, and we keep that integrity throughout. So, and I think, I think that we began to lost that, the loss in the sound of separation. I think that we began to, we made great records, but they weren't, um, they didn't have that feeling that Define the great line had after we made chasing safety, you know, um, and I think it just took some time for us to do that, um, which is, which was hard. You know, it was hard to, it was hard to watch them make a record without me. And it was hard to, um, walk away from the whole thing and kind of start over in life. Um, and then it was like, we started touring and it was again here with rebirth a couple of years ago. And it was like, Oh shit, like, this is what we're supposed to do. You know, like this is just, this is who we are as people. And it's hard to believe that, you know, bands come and go, right? I mean, bands don't last forever. And it's hard to believe that, you know, we've known each other since high school and we are still the most comfortable with each other. Um, and that's really, that's really a strange place. And I think it took us walking away and looking at that um, from afar to understand it, you know. Yeah, definitely. No, so I mean, coming that to that now and everything being so positive and like you say, you know, you're you're that comfortable with each other and you've got this, like you say, that word vital. Like, does everything feel vital again now? You know, with a raise me and and with you guys back together, and does it just does everything feel like it should again now? Yeah, I mean, it's the most excited we've been because we've always had the traditional album rollout. You know what I mean? Like nobody knows we've got a record. No one knows that you're, I mean, people in the industry obviously do, but you know, none of our fans know that you've been listening to this record all week that they've been begging for, for seven years. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and they don't, they don't know that it, it exists. So it's such a cool, alive time for us because we're literally announcing the record, showing the song with a video 
and throwing a pre-order out in in like 36 hours <laughs> all at one time. So that is a really exciting thing. You know what I mean? Like that's something that, and our fans um, have been just begging for a record for since we really did the first tour, you know? So this is a really cool thing to do, you know, where we're just really just going to give them everything at one time. Here you go. Um, so that's a really alive feeling, but also I think that there's this large sense of accomplishment that we went and made a record that we all agree on and we all think it's great. You know what I mean? Like, because we're all in such different walks of life and such different, we all have such different tastes in music, you know, and such different tastes in, 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 um, in things we believe in and in social standings and all of the above, you know, and it's, and it's also a really fucking strange time in our country. I don't know if you, I'm sure you're aware, you know, like it's a really, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a confusing fucking time, right? I'm sure you guys in England look, you know, read the paper and they're like, Oh my God, you know? So, there's just a lot going on. And I think that we really believe that we poured ourselves into this piece of music and that that it's going to help um, ourselves cope with things and help other people cope with things. And um, yeah, it's just a really cool time to believe in ourselves because I don't, I don't think that a year ago, if you would, if you would have told me that we would have this conversation and that you would have thought that erase me was great um, but it also sounded like under us. I don't, I don't think I would have believed you. You know, I think I would have been like, there's no fucking way we're never going to get through this, you know, cause it felt that way a lot, you know, in the beginning when we started having these conversations, you know, and even, even to the point, like Spence and I would send in <clears throat> songs that, you know, to the other guys in the band songs that are on the record now and then be like, Whoa, what are you guys doing? You know what I mean? Like just, being like, have you guys lost your minds? Are you guys drinking? Like, you know, like what's, what's the, you know, what's the deal? Um, and those, some, and, and a lot of those songs are on the record and we were able to get to a place where, you know, we each dipped our toes into the deep end of the pool enough to where we really believe we all, we all began to believe in it, you know? So yeah, man, it's a really, really, really special, um, vital time right now. So, yeah. So that was Aaron, absolutely amazing stuff. We're going to go straight back into it. Here's Spencer Chamberlain. Here we go. Yeah, so so I mean, obviously, it's a huge moment. You know, obviously, you guys have, have come back together as the original of the classic lineup of the band. Um, and then, you know, you put a Raise Me Down in secret. And I mean, um, what kind of, so what kind of motivated the decision to, to actually do a Raise Me? Because obviously, you know, you, you did a lot of touring ahead of that. And um, Aaron was saying that you had a kind of pot of songs that you, you kind of picked the best of. And it made the whole process way less stressful and much more organic. So how was it for you? What was kind of your part of the uh, decision to uh, to make the new record well i think like for especially for me and aaron it was kind of like me and aaron were the two that were still touring all the time you know like we never really stopped even when underworld stopped i was doing sleep wave and he was doing solo stuff he was drumming for paramore for a while so like obviously me and aaron wanted the band to to make songs it was more about making sure the relationship within the band i think was right before I think it was more about the fact that we wanted to make sure that the the relationship in the band was where it needed to be before we put added extra stress, which would be, um, you know, trying to write songs and get into fights and everyone's, you know, 
you know, I don't know if, if you understand like how the writing process works, but for a lot of bands, it can be super stressful and you're, you know, disagreeing and arguing and trying to make your point or get the right song to sound the way you want it to. And, and a lot of times that causes uh, some heated arguments, you know? And I, I think that we didn't want to put any pressure on the band because it was so fragile when we finally got it back together. Cause it was never part of the plan. Like it, it was, a, it was definitely a, the last show was kind of like, all right, well, I'm never going to play with you guys again. You never want to play with me again. Have a good life kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so when we eventually mended the friendships and, and, and realized how much we do love each other and how important this band is to us, let alone the people in the world that have always supported Under Oath, it was kind of a no-brainer to start touring. And, and you know, we were having that 10-year anniversary of finding a line. In the first practice, me and Aaron were like, dude, this is, why aren't we doing, this is so stupid. Why aren't we doing this all the time? You know, and, um, which led to the first writing sessions for the record were kind of in secret. It was me and Aaron writing songs together and kind of writing songs that we were scared to show the guys or, will they like it? Is it heavy enough for them? Like, it, it was kind of an interesting process because the way it started was like, all right, I'm going to, we're going to write together. If they don't want to use it, me and Aaron will just start a new band. That was kind of the attitude that we had at the beginning, you know? And then um, when we started to tour more, we kind of were like, hey, guys, you know, me and Aaron, you know, those dudes were going back to normal life. And me and Aaron, after the first tour, were like, no, within a week after the rebirth tour in America, me and Aaron were writing. And then it wasn't until after the rebirth in Europe and the UK to where I think we decided to make a record. And then we made the record right after the American nightmare tour that we did, uh, which was us and bring me the horizon and bear to We made the record making it like, right after that. But yeah, the, the first writing sessions were definitely like, I don't know, man, we don't know if the guys are going to be into writing. Like, will we make it through the process? Like, will we kill each other in the process? And we just did things a lot differently, you know? Um, I wrote a few songs by myself uh, that were actually going to be Sleepwave songs. Um, and I, me and Aaron wrote uh, like 20 songs together. And then me, Aaron, and Tim and Chris wrote a bunch of songs together. And then the four of us in the studio wrote some songs together. So there was a bunch of, bunch of uh, songs written for the record. Amazing, yeah, because um, as well on top of that, and it sounds like such a positive process, I mean, Aaron was telling me that um, actually only four of you actually physically record on the album, and then you'd send out ideas and songs you were getting down and tracks out to uh, the other two guys, and they'd kind of send their ideas back, and it made for a much more kind of, uh, a much sort of more positive process. Uh, is, uh, tell me more inside of that. How, how, how did that come about? Well, you know, that... Um that's kind of how it's always been. There's oh, okay. been the main songwriters in the, in the, in the band, you know, uh, me and Tim and Aaron and, uh, and, and Chris with the electronic stuff, you know, like that's an important element of the band, whether he's writing technically songs or not, but like that was a huge part of, you know, writing processes always. So, um, and we just kind of, you know, when the band got back together, it was kind of like, you know, let's make it, run more energy efficient, I guess. Like, mm. let's stop. Like, if we're going we're gonna to do this and get it back together and do things the right way, why don't we do things the, the right way, like, all the way through, which means, like, we're not going to bring people to the studio that aren't songwriters and don't play on records to get more fights and 
you know, because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Like, no, this is kind of like your roles are in the band are equally as important as everyone else's, but we don't need six cooks in the kitchen, you know, like, yeah. let's just do what we always would do in the studio. But instead of you being there walking around feeling uncomfortable because you don't write, you know, for the records and, I don't know. It's just like, we just made it to where it made sense. You know, like I feel like there's nothing different other than we just said how it was and did it how it was. I don't know if that makes any sense. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it definitely does. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to come out sounding like an asshole, but those guys, no. their, their, their roles are equally important as anyone else, which is why we're a band, not a solo project. But you know, when it comes to songwriting, it's always been the three or four of us. So we just, did it that way and made the record that way. So it could be, uh, just a lot easier on everybody. I feel like. Definitely. Yeah. No, no, that makes a whole lot of sense. Cause I mean, as well, you know, obviously, you know, you mentioned sleep wave before and you, you brought a couple of songs that were kind of, um, intended for that band. And I, I mean, how was your time, um, away from under oath in that period? Obviously, cause you know, you did a lot of stuff with sleep wave and a lot of really, really cool stuff. I mean, did you ever miss, um, under oath at that point? Cause obviously you stayed in the band longer than hour. And I mean, like, uh, from that point and, uh, what, what did you miss it? Did you well, kind of yearn I, for it or how was it for you? Absolutely. I, uh, I missed, I missed under oath while I was doing sleep wave for sure. Um, you know, I, I wasn't ready for under oath to stop when it stopped. Uh, and I think that's everything happens for a reason. I feel like it had to happen or otherwise we wouldn't be in the position we're in now, which is a healthy, happy band, like starting at 17, 18 years old and getting in a van and then waking up and you're 28 years old and 10 years have passed and you've all grown into different people. It causes a lot of friction, a lot of tension and, uh, a band is, starts off as a unit and becomes a bunch of individuals. And I don't think you're taught how to deal with that. And a lot of bands implode and we were definitely one of them. Like we had to burn down the building and rebuild it on the same foundation. You know what I mean? Like we had to do that in order to make it work right. Cause it was, it was built all wrong, you know? Um, so in that time of the band being broken up, being angry and sad or depressed or, you know, I was using a lot of drugs and things were dark and I definitely missed those guys and compared everything to how I lived with them and how we would do things. And I think the guys that, you know, I hired for Sleepwave felt like they were being compared you know, all the time and it wasn't very fun touring. And, you know, a lot of times it was, it was tough. Like we, we hit every roadblock there was to hit for a band. Um, and I definitely missed you know, Aaron's been my best friend since I was like 17 or 18 years old, you know, and, uh, and all the guys, you know, it was, it, it, it was a lot different. And I think you realize what you had when it's gone, one of those cheesy moments or whatever, but yeah, uh, it was a huge component to being like, man, like we had it so good and we worked so hard. Like it's so stupid to walk away from it, you know? Um, so that, that definitely played a role for me for sure. Yeah. But it was a great learning experience. I think I wouldn't be the same person I am today if I wouldn't have gone through all that. Like if I wouldn't have gone through that period of time to get me to the point where I am now, which is uh, I haven't used any drugs in a long time, like over a year and been healthy and happy and mentally healthy and made a record about going through all those times. But when I actually tracked the record, I was clean of all the drug use I mean, obviously, I still drink, but that's a whole, you know, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> I, it was it was definitely made for 
uh, a really great recording process because I could I was singing about the stuff that I personally lived through and had just recently gotten away from and singing about it with a clear head in the vocal booth going like, well, fuck, man, I don't ever want to be back there again. Like, it, it was really therapeutic. So I think all this stuff that happens had to happen the way it did. Uh, otherwise, there wouldn't be an Erase Me. It wouldn't sound the way it sounds. The band probably, if we wouldn't have broken up in 2013, would probably have broken up a few years later, you know, and would never have made this record and wouldn't have a long you know, second run at this, like uh, we're looking at like another decade plus, you know, like we did the first time, like we're, we're planning that we're looking at our future of like, okay, how do we plan the next 10 years to be better than the first 10 years, you know? And those conversations would have never happened if the fallout didn't happen in the first place. Definitely. Yeah. Cause uh, as well, I mean, you know, uh, you guys are so loved by so many bands as well. Um, and you know, especially with this album coming out, I'm just, you know, I'm, I can't wait to see, you know, along with fans, just fans in bands who love you guys are, you know, losing their minds about it. And I'm, I mean, did you ever feel the pull of that and that, that influence on so many bands coming through or, or like, especially before, you know, before you guys stopped for the, for the time being, did you ever feel that or did, was it something that you just never really thought about or, or felt? Uh, as far as influencing others, I don't think you can really think about that. And I, I know it's, it sounds like, oh, there's no way they don't think about that like <laughs> from the outside. But when you're in it, when you're actually making a record, like even when I watch like some of the footage from making the record, it's still surreal to me. I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe we did that. And I listen to the record, I'm like, I can't believe we made that and got through it healthy and happy without even fighting. Like this is the most, the healthiest the band's ever made a record. It's the first time we've ever worked together and not fought each other through the whole process. Like it's my way or I'm not putting this song on the record. Like that was a lot of our, our every record before and every record we have has ever put out. I've hated at least one song on the record wow. until this record. And for all of us, this is the first record that we love every song because we work together. And before we used to fight through everything and, Oh, this guy gets his song and this guy got his song here. And this guy hates that his song and that guy hates that one. It, you know, like it's never been, um, the way it is now to where it's like a healthy bunch of adults working together. Like it, it only took, you know, 13 years, but, uh, uh, but I think as far as thinking about what influence you have on other people, doesn't even have time to enter your brain while you're there. Cause while it's happening, you're, you know, the four of us are just like full force going and excited and working super hard and trying to make every part better than what we're hearing out of the speakers. Like, how can we make this better? How can, or is that it? Is that the melody? Like how many more melodies do I need to sing? Or is it the first one that it came out of my mouth? Cause that was natural. Like in vibing on all that, the whole time, you don't even think about it. And then when we're done, we were done with it. And I would listen back to the first time straight through with like rough mixes before we was even mixed. I was like, Holy shit. Like, what do we do? Like we just made this and it, it, it sounds like under oath, but at the same time, it doesn't sound anything like under oath. Uh, the only thing that's, it, you can tell Tim's playing guitar and it's my voice and Aaron's drumming. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really sound like an under oath record. I think we we reinvented ourselves without trying. I think we were just really honest with ourselves. I think we're like, look, I'm not who I was in 2006, and you probably aren't either. Yeah. Whoever's reading this or you who's doing this interview, you're not the same guy as you were in 2006. So 
don't expect our band to put the same sounding record out. That would be safe for you and you wouldn't get upset. But safe is never good. Like, I know this record's going to piss people off. And I know some people are like, fuck Unreal. I'm never listening to them again. They bunch of pussies or whatever because it's not as heavy as they want it to be. Or a bunch of people that used to hate our band might like it. And, and I don't think we thought about any of those things. I think we thought about how can we make the best record, be happy and healthy, and have this band, like, want to keep doing this because we definitely – broke up already. You know what I mean? And I, and I felt like the way to do that was to just be ourselves and to let each other be ourselves and, and, and not keep holding that. It's not under oath enough. Like that whole thing, just, we squashed that before we even started. That was the only rule we had when we made the record. The only rule was that phrase is not under oath enough. Doesn't exist anymore. Cause that's probably what killed the band in the first place. Cause we couldn't grow and we couldn't grow like as people and we couldn't grow as musicians because we, we lived in this under of shell of what people wanted us to be, what they wanted us to believe in, what they wanted us to say, what they wanted us to look like. It was just like, man, that, that sucks. And that's no way to live. And if that makes everyone mad and makes them want to hate my band and think that I'm a dick, then that's fine. But I'm happier and healthier than I've ever been in my entire life. And that's because we let all that shit go. You know, like we, we, we forgave each other and forgave ourselves and made a great record, in my opinion. I think it's the first record that I really feel 100% proud of every song on it. And I can speak for my friends in the band when, and they all think the same thing. Uh, and yeah, it, it, took, it took time. You know, we're humans too. We had to learn how to grow up as well. And I think we did during that breakup and reuniting and learning. I love that we toured first before making a record and just putting it out like, oh, we're back. Surprise, we have a record. Like, getting on the road together and being in a bus together again and, and spending 24 hours a day together again and like as humans, but not as like, Oh, you're supposed to be just like you were like in that band, like 10 years ago. Why don't, why do you listen to this music now? Or, or why do you eat that food now? Or why don't you eat this food now? And why don't you believe in this anymore? And you don't do that. And it, like, that's just, it's so hard to navigate, man. And, and no one gives you a rule book on how to make your band work just like i don't think there's really rule books for marriage or relationships it's like it's dude everybody's different and it's really hard uh i think the only way to, to be it is just to be honest and to be yourself and you know be good to people and we kind of figure that out it just took us a really long time <laughs> <laughs> amazing man. there's something that aaron told me yesterday that was um you know very very um striking you know is that uh, he was saying that a lot of the things he pulled in with the lyrics is that you know he's had struggles with his his faith before and that sort of thing and that that must be extremely hard to go through and we had a chat about that i mean was that the same for you at all or was that kind of something that aaron was going well, through personally no I, I i think that that's where a lot of the writing that me and him did at the beginning was a lot of it we were writing about some of the other guys and and the at first, I think we were just really, we, we had both been so hurt by that, uh, any sort of religious side of anything, uh, were the worst years of my life were when it was a Christian band and we were trying to be that and the way that people judge you and look at you. And, and it's like the most opposite thing of what you would think it's supposed to be. It's like, in my opinion, you know, uh, and I got called up about this the other day. It was like, well, you were the guys that made it safe for kids that weren't allowed to bring home music like that. Like, how can you turn your back on that? And I said, well, 
if that's my role, if that was my role 10 years ago was to, was to bring this music and this kind of heavy stuff into households that couldn't have had it before. Cause it wasn't Christian or this or that or the other. It's like, but I bear a burden that it like, that's what basically drove me to drug use and depression and all sorts of things. Cause it's so, um, hard like being ridiculed and, and judged every single day. And like, can't say this, can't do that. Don't let people see you do this. Don't let people do that. And like, you're just a human, man. Like you're just trying to live and try to be the best version of you. And it's never good enough. And I think that's the easy decision for me to be like, I don't believe in any of this and I don't want to part in it. And I don't, I'm not turning my back on it. And I don't wish any ill towards people that call themselves Christians or, or have religion in their life. I think it's great for some people. For me, it almost killed me and it was awful. And I, it drove the band apart and, and made us hate each other. And it's really, it was sad and in, in seeing how that side of the world works. To me, it was kind of gross and I didn't like it. And I never felt comfortable. I never felt loved in, in those scenarios. I, I felt like it was always like you aren't good enough and, and people are going to remind you of that every day. And I just hated that. And I just, I wanted to be myself and wanted to, to, to love people and be happy. And that's not the case. So yeah, the struggle with faith has definitely uh, happened for, I would say, everyone in the band. I, uh, I'm not going to speak for everyone else, but definitely I'm very open about it. I know Aaron's starting to be more open about it, but yeah, I mean, there's so, uh, so many things. We've been burned by that so much. Uh, I think that that was when we decided to not be a Christian band anymore in like 2009, that was great, but I think it just, there was just so much damage done. Uh, it was hard to, to get back on our feet, you know? And I think that, that came with, I don't know, just like letting go of all that, you know? And, and I don't mean that in a way of turning your back on it. I just meant like, just let that stuff go. What happened, happened. What, what's in the past in the past? Like, what does the future look like? Does it look bright? Am I, healthy and my happy. And then that's when I started to like make certain changes in my life. And I started to, you know, when the band got back together, I was using drugs less, but I was still using hard drugs pretty regularly. And, but I was really healthy. Like it was weird. I was like going to the gym and eating right for years, but still using hard drugs and probably drinking too much. And then I slowly started to like just auto correct things in my life that weren't making sense until I just kind of cut all the negative things I felt like I had a chain, you know, I was like trying to fly, but there's like a weight around my ankle and I just had to clip it. And the last thing I clipped was, uh, all the, all the drug use. And just, you know, to me, I, I, de- I basically reprogrammed my whole life to be, uh, yeah, like a positive, more, uh, healthy thing. Cause all that stuff led up to like a, a big dead end for me. And it, and it kind of started with, I think, which sounds crazy from the outside, but I think a lot of the whole Christian band thing is what drove me into the holes that I was in. Was in. It was just such a negative place for me personally. Um, just wasn't it wasn't a healthy lifestyle for me. Uh, religion was not a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm very sorry to hear it. I mean, but it's incredible, sort of, you know, the way you've come out of it. And I, I mean, going forward, then, you know, like, with, with that's the thing is. I, I think that that could be read wrong in an interview and I, and I don't care. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Today I said that too. Cause, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, he's lost. I, I'll pray for him. It's like, it, 
to, it's, I'm not like that. I'm in a, I'm in the best place I've ever been in my life. And that's, and I don't hold any grudges. I'm like super happy and I try to be as good as I can to people. And I don't have any like, you know, hard feelings for anyone in that industry or that mm. side of the world. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I mean, if being a Christian makes you happy and you feel like it's good for you and it's healthy for you, good, go for it. Uh, is it for me? I, no. Do I believe in the things that they say or preach? No. Uh, I just, I've lived too much and seen too much and I feel differently and that should be okay. Just like if you told me you're a Muslim or a Buddhist or an atheist, it's fine. You're not me. I'm not you. Like if, if you feel like you're happy and things are going well with your life, then that's good. Do what you're doing that keeps, keeps you on that path. I don't think we should all be sitting here, you know, judging each other on what they do and what they don't do that what you do, you know, like, you know, we're all different. So you know, whatever. I feel like that's the same thing as so many other things There are so much more important than to worry about what other people believe in, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. No, I totally agree. I, I, I mean, going forward then, you know, in, into, into the, the, we're at the start of the year, going forward into 2018 with a raise me, you know, under the belt. It, does, does it feel like those shackles are gone now then based on everything you've said to me? You know, does it just, everything just feels so positive with it and it's just like, this feels like a genuine rebirth of the band. <laughs> I, I believe so. I feel like uh, I, I just can't wait for everyone to hear it. You know, I know we've got so many amazing fans out there that are, have stood by our side through thick and thin, you know, through the start of the band, through the first time we kind of broke up on Warped Tour and, and then getting back together and then Aaron leaving and then us breaking up and then all of us coming back. You know, like our fans deserve uh, like... Uh, a medal of honor because they're so loyal, you know, like, uh, but yeah, we're, it, I, I applaud that, you know, isn't embarrassing that the world gets to watch you go through all the growing pains and like, Oh man, that's some pretty embarrassing shit in our past and what we've done and how we treated each other or ourselves. It's like, it's very public, but that's part of, I guess that's part of the, uh, the job and the drawback or whatever. But I am very uh, thankful that they're still there waiting and listening. And hopefully they'll, give this record uh, a chance even though it's not the under if they're super familiar with or, or or it doesn't feel safe but i think that's a good thing i think if you let it set in that if we made a safe record you'd probably forget about it in a month this record i think it's gonna there's songs on there that are gonna you know i just feel like it's 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 songs never disappear moments can have their time uh but songs can last forever to me you know uh there's still songs I listen to that came out before I was even born, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just excited for everyone to hear it. And I know there'll be some backlash and I know there'll be, there'll be haters, but I, I think if you don't piss people off, you're not stirring the pot. Like you're not doing something right. Like, you know, I think if everyone likes your record, then they, uh, then you made it too safe of a record. I feel like. So, yes, so much to get through. Uh, Tam's in, you're a big under oath girl. Uh, Do you want to start this off? I am a big, I am so happy about (laughs) this. Um, I got a text from my boyfriend when um, they dropped the new song and he was just like, oh my God, have you heard it? And I was like, no, because obviously it was a surprise. So I was Mm. just like, didn't even know this was coming. What? Um, 
and yeah i just listened to it and i was just oh my god it rips it's so good <laughs> yeah. i was just like in my room just having a little solo mosh pit um, bedroom mosh a little bedroom mosh um i yeah i'm i'm so excited for that album like so so excited um i like i pretty much grew up with under oath i still have the albums on cd if you guys remember what those are um the good old days yeah and like they just pretty much soundtrack a good like three-year period of my life and it it's really kind of interesting to to hear both interviews and kind of hear you know the the difference between them as a band five years ago as uh, compared to now mm. like they've definitely grown up they've definitely matured you know Spencer's off drugs um, they, they've kind of they've sobered up they've kind of, you know Aaron went off and did his own projects he joined with Paramore and found his everyone kind of found their creative outlets elsewhere um, and I the, the one thing I really love that Aaron said he was <laughs> he was like missing under oath is like missing your mum's roast dinner <laughs> yeah. and I feel like I can really relate to that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can have like other ones like that's go- one metaphor where I was like yeah, I, I yeah, feel like, that. You can yeah. I know them, that feeling. You, chest, you can yeah. go to like pubs and get them like, and you Nothing can. Nothing compares to your mum's roast potatoes. Or you go to a Toby Carvery and it's like all that, but like it's you need you need to go back to the original. The yeah, like, you, yeah. Need, you need to know where you came from. Yeah, yeah. and there's you know I, I I generally I really like that and they you know they they all clearly missed what they had with Underworld, but there was just so much angst and drama and. Mm. I think they're all individually fighting a lot of inner demons and uh, as they quite heavily touch upon the whole religious side of the band mm, as well and kind yeah. of just trying to get away from that and not really not really feeling themselves because they're feeling like they had to be p- portrayed as this big religious metalcore band when they hadn't been believing the things that they used to believe for years and years and years and they were just kind of putting on this false persona just to try and please the religious fans out there. Yeah. So um, I like. I'm so happy they're back, and I, I really feel like they they definitely have a new sort of breath of life in the band, and just the way they've they've recorded the album differently, and they've do, they've done everything on their terms. Um, yeah, I'm I'm stoked to hear how it all comes out. Yeah, difficult. I mean, I, that's the thing. I mean, I really believed both of them as well. When yeah. we know when they say this is the happiest we've genuinely ever been, you know, we've had to make these changes that aren't easy, but we've done them and it's worked out so much better. And I I I, I, like, I don't know. There was just so much honesty from both of these chats, and it just I believe both of them that you know it, it is a thing like you say that you have to you have to kind of look at certain things that aren't necessarily easy to look at to be able to get through them and to be able to keep things like the band alive or bring it back to life in this case um, and I, I thought that was kind of that was quite amazing to hear actually I mean Jack did you find bits of the interviews quite shocking surprising um, yeah I mean like it's it's one thing to like renounce your faith um, but it's another to tell a journalist about how heavily they've renounced it and also write an entire album because like you can tell this album is all, it, that's what it's all about mm. like oh, yeah. even, even from the first cut and like from the out and from like everything else which is around it that it's it's them like just going yeah we've we're done with it and I find it's shocking when and it's it's a hard one to get by because like like Spencer was saying they were the worst years of his life like when he was trying to combine faith with the music yeah, I know um, which like when you're thinking of that that that's 
when you've got like drinking drugs mix in there that the worst thing you've dealt with is like your beliefs and what you've tried to stick with and I also feel as though like the Christian metalcore kind of community is a tough one to bridge because it was very of its time like mm-hmm. in 2007 2008 and you've got like Devil Wears Prada and like August Burns Red to some degree and all, all these bands who like they they were religious but people expected them to be like pure like every song is about the faith so uh, it must have been even harder like having people coming to you to try and prize out some of your like feelings and emotions about this when mm. you just hate it yeah um, the other interesting thing I found like it's it wasn't shocking but it was it was interesting to think on like a bigger scale it's when Aaron was talking about that you know because he drummed for Paramore you know like like we all have you know. <laughs> um, and um, and he's saying these were like um, bucket list things like they did 202s like when has Metalcore ever got you to 202s um, but it was when he said I need to get back to what I was supposed to be doing mm. and that all the things he's been doing with the almost as well and like which were away from the thing which made which like sparked the fire in him like with that music and it's it's really interesting to see it come in full circle that it's like you know people it's the same with bands getting back together as well like people say that oh yeah this is the end of everything but then like feelings change like opinions on things change mm-hmm. and that's fine like I feel as though this is like a prime example of the fact that like Under Over Back and making some of the hardest, like most honest music they've made in a long time yeah. shows that like anything can anything can happen. Like who would have thought that they'd be doing like let alone last year when they played um Chasing Safety and Just Find the Great Line, who thought they were gonna be doing that when the last time they played the UK was like twenty it was twenty eleven on and even then, they you could tell how jaded and done with it they were. Yeah. You thought you're never going to see it again, but here we are. Start talking about it. And mate, I know it's incredible. It's, it's insane when you, you like you say when you kind of just take it and stand back for a minute and look back at it. I mean, you know, and that's the thing. I, I mean, Erase Me is it's one of the albums of the year so far, um, and you know it looks set that it'll probably stay that way. I mean, this is such a, an expansive. So, like both of them said, it's a new underworld. Like the thing is, they could never come back and just do a Define the Great Line or a Chase and Safety Part Two because it would just be disingenuous. Like they've done something that feels new, but it also does still feel like well, underworld. They hit that bridge. It's amazing. It's that they said that it's the first record where they like every song as well yeah like it's really fascinating it is I mean that's and this album is so lyrically intense as well you know like we've covered like the guys tell us like we've covered like it, it really really is there's a song at the end of this album called I Gave Up which is it might be my song of the year so far it's just absolutely like I don't know it's just one of those songs where the lyrics are completely bruising you know I feel that this is just the absolute pinnacle of you know um, what is a genuine rebirth you know for one of the most important heavy bands of the past 10 years so um, yeah Tamsin excited for Reading yeah oh my god (laughs) (laughs) you just only reminded me that they were playing I was thinking about this the other day when when I heard the new song and I was like oh my god they're playing the lock-up stage at Reading which is like if you if you've not been to Reading before like it's it's not a huge stage like it's it's spacious but for 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 under oath it's um it's gonna be running on heads (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, literally, probably me. Me and Jack just running around. I'll walk on yeah. Yeah. Levitating, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's going to be ridiculous. And I'm probably going to come out quite bruised. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolute return the kings. Um, amazing stuff. So shout out to Under Oath. You guys are going to lose your minds when you hear this album. A huge shout out to Aaron and Spencer. And uh, yeah, we cannot wait for the summer. It's going to be amazing. So, new issue. So, we launched last week when Patty met Austin. Seeing you guys out there, as I said at the beginning of the show, just losing your minds over this issue. Absolutely loving it. Getting your Patty bundles and your Austin bundles. Absolutely amazing. So, head to shop.roxam.tv now to get to know everything about the leading lights of a new generation of bands. So, the um, they have been selling very, very fast. You guys out there have gone mental for them. Uh, the Austin Knight bundle is gone. The Patty Walters bundle is gone. So, we do still have the Patty and Austin bundle in stock. So, if you want to check that out, absolutely incredible. It's got the Patty and Austin magazine cover, hand-signed poster print, vinyl stickers, pin badge pack, and, of course, an exclusive Patty and Austin tote bag as well. Free worldwide shipping. Absolutely amazing. So, get on that before it sells out. Um, the individual magazine is also still available at shop.rotsound.tv. So, check it it all out also includes 32 amazing stickers studio exclusive reveal friends stuff on wage war grayscale loads and loads of stuff going on so shop.rocksound.tv um spotify playlist as well an updated rock sound chart we've got not warriors by Waterparks and uh, hey rachel by as it is at the top uh, absolutely amazing uh scars tv show new episode on daily on scars as well all super exciting amazing stuff shop.rocksound.tv jack Aye. um so yeah We've uh, set another question out online to see what you lot are saying. And I asked, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen at a gig? And let's just say there's responses were mixed from sublime to ridiculous to a bit mental, like genuinely mental. <laughs> there, um, some, there were some ridiculous answers. I mean, like when, when I think of the craze... <laughs> one of the craziest things I've seen at a gig was um, I tell this story all the time because it's so funny um, it was Limp Bizkit at Leeds Fest 2010 when um, it was the first time I'd seen them and it was like yeah sick um, and when they were playing break stuff uh, the pit opened quite wide in, near where I was and a bloke jumped into the middle and then just dropped his kegs and just stood there just like butt naked, going away, <laughs> like wafting, um, and then like everyone just went away. Go on, lad. And then, but he timed it so badly that like when the beat came back in and the pit went, the wall, the wall of death the closed of in death. on his balls. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, like he was like he went oh and tried to go up and do it. So like he was part bent down, and then I just saw him like snap. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't see him again. Bloody hell. <laughs> like, oh. He was just like obliterated into dust. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, I saw Jason Butler at Let Live's first ever uh, UK headline show at the Old Blue Last. Um, one of my favourite memories is just I took two mates who'd never heard of Let Live to see them because uh, obviously they were very small at that point. <coughs> and, um, I just remember the opening song. Uh, they opened with... Um, 
the first rap from Fake History. Um, Jason jumped up onto the lighting rig, uh, just hung upside down like some like massive spider, and then flew himself back up and punched the lights, and they just smashed. Like literally, the lights just went. Normally, they'll just you know they'll get knocked or whatever. They just completely went, just glass everything. I just remember looking over at my mates who were being you know progressively separated into the pit <laughs> and uh, just looking like a mix of both horror and just amazement. Uh, it's just <laughs> one of my favourite things. Tamsin? I'm, I'm trying to think. I've been to so many gigs. Like, I'm trying to think of, like... I don't think I've witnessed anything, like, weird. Like, some of the answers you lot have given us are just, like, genuinely just weird. I, I saw, like, similar to your thing, I went to see Senses Fail and Marmosets at Unit in Southampton, R.A.P. Um, and literally a song in, all the lights blew. Like, no one did anything, but just all the lights blew. Um, <clears throat> so Senses Fail had to play their entire set with just an old lamp and it was like it wasn't just like it was, wasn't like a small bedside lamp the, the, basically the venue stuff were just running around trying to find any form of light possible because it's a, it was a re, it's a really small dark venue and it was like one that you'd find in like your nan's living room or something with like tasseled lampshade yeah. lampshade yeah, so, yeah. so they just kind of put that by the drum gear and just turned it on and that was all the light that they could find so we just kind of had to like really squint to see senses <laughs> fail performing on stage and it was just like that, that, like ble- like fair play to them they just kind of went with that they came in the crowd a lot they did the set yeah they, they did the oh, set man, and so they were cool. just like so this is weird but um <laughs> yeah it was, it was just a really bizarre moment it was like no one really knew what was going on but <laughs> Like I don't, th- I can't think of anything stand out really. Like there's no nakedness that I can <laughs> recall. I mean, it's a clearly I haven't been going to the right games. I mean, I mean no, no, you have been going to the right games. <laughs> like, stay away, mental. Um, well, I mean, like we've got five of the best here. I'm gonna do it like from five down to one because one is just so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, Lincoln is fun. She saw an old couple slow dance at Emotional Sim White show, which is so sick. Um, I mean, like, <coughs> goals. Um, uh, our old intern uh, came back to us and he said that he saw Norma Jean about four years ago and people brought in jugs of milk, started throwing them at each other. So, and yeah, um, so the pit was just a slippery just- mess. So, I, uh, with most venues, you get searched on your way in, and I like I know particularly in London, if you have li- a lot of liquid on you, like if if you have oh, yeah, a water bottle, oh yeah, gets, I, I, I once got an onion taken off me. Yeah, I had a whole yeah, bag yeah. of oranges taken off me once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was before I went to see Let Live, and I was like, I don't really know what you think I'm going to do with these oranges. But sure. I mean, like it might be different in Europe, like yeah, but yeah. like I just don't understand how people can walk in with two jugs of milk. <laughs> And, then and just security go, just yeah, be like, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah, let us know how that came to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gloom Carleen uh, said she saw Santa in the middle of the circle pit. Uh, but that's nothing compared to Ella is not emo, who saw Jedward in the middle of the pit, uh, neck deep, which um, I guess Jedward are very much like it's... If, if you're British, you know, but like, yeah, mm. yeah. If, Go- if, you, Google if you've, yeah, if you've not heard yeah. of Jedward, just Google, <laughs> Google Jedward, and then imagine them Definitely in a pit Google. at couple. Uh, what a couple of legends! <laughs> so sick. Um, yeah, Blink One Eight Two wrote a song which was inspired by one of theirs. So, what? Je- what? 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 Yeah, all the small things. Blink One Eight Two got inspiration from Jedward for that. Oh yeah. 
Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant on, like, California or, like, on the left. No! Like, no! Like, what? Like, you wrote a song about Jedward? What? Yeah, yeah. No! <laughs> no, I, I was making a funny, ha ha ha. But then, shout out Guilty Melody, who sent us a video of her playing harmonica on stage with Patty Walters. Yeah. At an Azity show. And it's incredible, like, the patience of Patty putting up with you, like, just <laughs> blowing into this harmonica. <laughs> one like which is yeah it's just incredible like anyone who go on our Twitter like search for the question and just watch it it's stunning like shout out Gilly Melody you are a legend amazing stuff so yeah um, that brings us to uh, our third and final interview with uh, with Bo Boken Mr Bo Boken of Bless the Fool uh, and oh man again this was so so great like I mean Bo is is an absolutely lovely man he's really really nice guy so we had a really kind of cool um you know, general chat anyway, but the fact that he was so, again, so open and so honest about everything to do with his band and what's been going on with him, um, with all that going into the mix, it just became this absolutely amazing chat. So to be able to kind of learn about, obviously, new album Hard Feelings um, is coming, and I mean, they've had this switch over, they've been uh, this core band for Fearless Records, and this sudden switch over to Rise Records to release this album, um, and to be able to kind of learn the backstory of that and how, you know, they almost broke up and they felt they were taken for granted, and all of that's been poured into this brilliant album, uh, which is such a fascinating story. So uh, yeah, we're gonna let Bo do the talking, here we go. Bo Boken of Bless the Fool talking all things hard feelings, the story of Bless the Fool's most recent years. So I guess, right, so main thing first, um, new albums on Rise Records, you've announced, just announced that you've signed to them and you, you know, you've been a real benchmark for Fearless, you know, over the years and you've been a real core cool mm-hmm. band for that label. So why the change now to Rise? What was behind that with the new album? Oh man, it was, <laughs> uh, there were a lot of, uh, different things that were in play with that. Uh, you know, we've been a band almost nine years. This is our sixth record. And, um, you know, one of the things was not to talk, you know, poorly about fearless and what's going on there. I think that they might've, um, I don't know. I feel like they sort of dropped the ball with our last album. It went, it went very under the radar, which I felt was a great, was a great record. And we sort of took a hit from that. And, and our band kind of just, you know, our band is, we go up and down. You know what I mean? We have a one record and, and everything goes great. Next record, you know, it kind of slumps a little bit. And that's sort of been us, you know, uh, in a nutshell. We just sort of powered through it. But our last album really just, we kind of got left in the dark a bit. And I think they were focusing more on, on other bands that were, uh, you know, uh, big on YouTube or some shit. So <laughs> so we, we kind of got just sort of, uh, you know, um, yeah, left in the dark, I guess is the word I'd say. So, you know what? We, you said, you know, it's, it's fine. Let's part ways. And, and, you know, someone like rise who hit us up and, and were very, very excited that we were free agents, I guess you could say. And, you know, just to find someone excited about your music, about your band. And there were a few other labels as well, but they were the most excited and the most, um, they're very grassroots, even though they have some, like some massive bands, right. They have Paris and at the drive in and I could go on and on and on. Um, but they are very grassroots still, and they have a small core, you know what I mean? It's not like they have 25 people at their label, and I have to, like, call and talk to, like, three people to get to somebody that I want to talk to. It's like I call my dude at the label, and he answers the phone, and he's there. And, you know, we're talking about ideas, and we're going back and forth. So, um, 
and and also this they did I will say this they uh, I'm a huge Lakers fan <laughs> yeah uh, basketball <laughs> so so I actually hit them up and I was like hey man I'm, I want to drive to Portland to watch this you know the Lakers are playing in Portland and uh, maybe we can hang out and get a coffee you know and and they call me back to so like you know what We'll we'll get the tickets. We'll get dinner. Come on down. We'll make it a label oh, meeting. This is before we signed. So I was wow. like, I was like, all right, man. If, if you didn't have me sold before, I'm sold now. So uh, yeah. So you know what? They just you know they treated us like we were a commodity, and it felt good. And I think they have a lot of faith in us and what we can do. And they've been watching us over the years. And it's a fresh start. So here we go. <laughs> that's awesome. man. No, that's really, really cool to hear. And yeah. I, I mean, kind of based on what you said then, you know, I mean, with uh, the jump from hollow bodies to, to those left behind then, what, was it a bit disappointing with the latter record then? Did you feel that you'd, like you say, did you feel that maybe, you know, after the, the, the success of hollow bodies, did you, you feel that, that did, because you were so proud of to those left behind, did you feel you were a bit uh, left in the dark then, like you said, and was it, did it feel like you were a bit sort of let down on that record? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, that's exactly how it felt. Uh, I felt like to those left behind was a great record. I think that it was a great follow-up to hollow bodies and, um, you know, there's a lot of awesome songs on there. It's pretty heavy. It's funny cause kids always want us to sound heavy. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, those are some of the heaviest fucking songs we've ever written yeah. like on that album. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and that was that. And you can't, you can't really dwell on it. You know, for us as a band, we kind of, you know, you pack it away. And the hard part is that we're not, we're not DJs where we can just write a song in a fucking hotel room <laughs> and make a million dollars. You know, yeah. like we're, we're literally like, you know, this is like months and months and months and months of writing. You know what I mean? And, and some people don't realize that, you, you know, you can put out a song and someone can just sort of dismiss it. And you're like, fuck, man, I worked so hard on it. So that's how it felt with that album is we busted our ass. I was, I was going back and forth from Michigan to LA to write and, um, yeah, I felt like it, it, it was a great a great record, and it, it was very disappointing, but I think you have to go through that as a band. I think that it's making us stronger as a band when we saw, you know, hey, let's overcome this thing that, you know, um, you know that seems like any other band would just kind of <laughs> maybe call it, you know, like, hey, man, that's our fifth record. Like, we did great. Like, <laughs> let's just fucking forget it. <laughs> Yeah, because was that never an option then? It was never going to be like, we're ne- you, you were never going to be like, you know, we're going to be defeated by this. It was always like, no, we're going to push through. We're going to push through these ups and downs. And, um, and like you say, kind of come out the other end to, uh, to, to, to create something that you're even more proud of. Yeah, you know what? I would, I, would, uh, I would be lying if I said that we were all very... Um, Op- overly optimistic because we're, we're, you know, I think like anyone else, you know, the reality of it was, Hey man, we're all getting older. You know, the scene is, is changing. You know, the climate is of music is changing. And, uh, I think, you know, there, there was an option of like, fuck man, like maybe this is it. Like maybe this is, this is the end of the fucking road. You know, we've hit a wall, you know, whatever. But, you know, I think after we all sort of collected ourselves and then, you know, like I said, rise was, very 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 excited about signing us and that breathe uh you know uh some fresh air into us you know sort of a breath of life and we went all right you know what let's get back in the fucking on the horse and let's do this thing and so that's when you know what i mean that uh, that's when things sort of turned around where we all went all right let's give it one more chance guys like let's do this and you know i'm glad we did because you know all of that all that emotion and all that, you know, determination went into this record and you can hear it from front to back. 
Yeah, no, for sure, man. Because I mean, like on songs like you know, I, I'm over being underrated. Um, you know, feeling low, songs like yeah. that. Like, is that were you were channeling yeah. all of those feelings then into the record? I mean, I guess right down to its title. You know, I mean, is that is it kind of was it a very yeah. cathartic yeah. experience in that sense? Oh yeah, man, it was. And 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 like I said, we were at the point where we were like, do do we keep rolling? You know, do we keep doing this? Like, we could all just go get real like good jobs somewhere and you know <laughs> I don't have to like leave my fucking family for months at a time you know things like that so um yeah definitely I mean there's so much emotion in like in this record I think it's one of the my I think it's one of my favorite records as far as um lyrics as well like I I feel like I really you know channel those 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 feelings of being fucking of feeling like no one gave a fuck about us anymore you know what I mean yeah. and, and feeling like you know, our label doesn't give a fuck about us. You know, the scene doesn't give a fuck about us anymore. You know, all these bands are sort of just coming through and getting big and, you know, everyone's jumping on the hot new thing. And, and so all of that was channeled into the record and, and, um, you know, just having to leave my family for, I'm here, here's a little cool, like anecdote. Yeah. We went to uh, Arizona to do the album and it was about a month long. We were in Arizona. We rented a big old Airbnb house and, you know, our producer, Tyler Smith, he came in and, um, you know, so it was a month in Arizona and then we were going to Europe for seven weeks. So that was all time away from the family. And as I'm writing, I'm thinking like, holy fuck, I'm going to be away from my daughter and my wife for seven weeks. Like I've never been gone that long. And so there was, you know, that all went into it, you know, just that sort of, uh, shitty, like dark place of like, fuck man, like am I doing the right thing? And you know, this and that. So yeah, that all goes into it. And, and I'm glad that you actually pointed those songs out, you know, specifically. And, oh, amazing. Um, because, yeah, those are those are very, 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 like, um, close songs, very personal songs. I mean, the whole record is, really. But, yeah, I, I like that you pointed those two out specifically. That's cool. Oh, amazing. That's <laughs> no, super cool. Yeah, no, well, I mean, that's, yeah. it's, great to, it's great to hear that, you know, it was able to be channeled into that. And, I, I mean, in that sense, well, you know, talking of the ups and downs of the industry as well, and, you know, like you say, you, you mentioned something interesting about, you know, like producers and, and that sort of thing, being able to just whack a song together in a hotel room, that sort of thing. Has it been has it been difficult <laughs> and almost almost a bit depressing in a way to see, you know, people like that come through and then just like with one song, you know, they're just sort of making, a, you know, millions of dollars. Where, whereas, you know, maybe not a, a lot of, I know mm-hmm. this is only an opinion, but, you know, maybe not a, a lot of talent has gone into that. You know, when you guys are slaving away and, you know, you're putting your all into these albums, has that been quite difficult to uh, to watch and see the, the industry kind of change into? Yeah, you know, it's, it, I, I, like, I don't want to be the old jaded dude, but, <laughs> you know, it is hard to see. But at, at the same time, uh, I know that there's going to be a backlash to all the, like, overly you know regurgitated same edm song the like chain smoker song that you hear you know like yeah. everyone else wants to sound like that and it's just like there's gonna be a backlash of that and 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 part of it gives me some hope that it's like you know well you know it's gonna go the other way rock and roll is gonna come back like it just has to you know what i mean yeah. and, and uh and i also see like if, if these guys can like can make it weekend you know <laughs> I'm like, man we you know you know, I don't want to take anything away from those people because I have friends who who are successful DJs and stuff like that. So I don't want to like bash on them, but I just you know it's frustrating sometimes when I'm like, man, you could just write a fucking hit song, you know, right then and there, and like 
in a few hours and like be done with it. And like, <laughs> there's no overhead, right? There's no, like, you don't have to go to a, some studio and get drummers and, and this and that. So, uh, yeah, it is, it is a little frustrating at times, but I, I understand that's, you know, that's where we are now. And, um, I think rock and roll is going to make a big comeback and I hope that we're sort of at the forefront of it. Yeah, definitely. Cause, I mean, in that sense, like with hard feelings, I mean, do you, is this a way of kind of coming out on top of all that? I mean, like, obviously, you know, you, so there's always going to be a lot of work to be done. But like, you know, do you feel that kind of what you've just said, do you feel that it's it's a way of fighting back against that, basically, and, and with something that that's real, basically, you know, something that's truly real that you've put, you put your all into? Do you think that's uh, do you think that's what this album is? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I I love the way you put that because I I, I do truly feel like uh, things are changing. You know, the the music scene is is right in this weird moment where everything's sort of in limbo, and it's like, okay, what's next? And I feel like all the bands, you know, I, I watched like a lot of bands in our scene sort of get big and everything else, and like I really feel like you know what, guys, it's it's our fucking turn now. Like we've we put in the work. We're the fucking veterans here. We wrote like a an amazing album and what I feel like is an important album for, for the scene and for rock in general. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, no, that's no, awesome. I mean, yeah. as well in that sense, you know, obviously we've, um, cause I spoke to Kevin Lyman, um, a few months ago when, uh, when it was announced about the, uh, the, the cross country warp tour ending. And, um, he was saying, you know, that he, yeah, he yeah. felt that at times, you know, the tour could be quite taken for granted and that sort of thing, you know, um, do you feel then that mm-hmm. that's kind of been the case with you guys in some respects that, you know, like you say, you, you know, like you're so proud of this album now. And like you say, it's kind of, it's your time now to, to really push through with this album because does it feel like, is it like kind of like what you've said is, does it feel like you, you have been taken for granted somewhat? Yeah, you could, de- you can definitely say that, you know, I think that, uh, there's a lot of bands in our scene, a lot of bands that we tour with that might be bigger than us that always tell us like, yo man, you were my first show or like your record was the first metalcore or scream or whatever they want to call it, <laughs> uh, album that I ever listened to. And so, I see us as, you know, we've been pioneers in a sense and we've been around for so long. I'm not trying to sound like, (laughs) I'm not not trying to sound like Liam Gallagher here, but the Liam, I I don't want to be the Liam Gallagher of metalcore, but if I have to be, I guess, uh, I guess I will. But we've been around for, you know, uh, over, over 10 years, really. Like since, you know, I joined the band in 08 and the band was around since 05, 06. So, um, you know, we see uh, us inspiring in a lot of bands and that, that made it big and, you know, made it bigger than us, you could say. So I'm like, you know what? It's a matter of time. You know what I mean? Like, I do feel like, you know, we've been taking it for granted a little bit. And I think that uh, I think it's time that changed. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, as well, though, like on a kind of positive slant as well. I mean, do you feel quite proud that, you know, it feels like, you know, you guys have always been putting out banging albums, you know, like you say, for nearly 10 years now. Do you feel that with the industry being so brutal, you know, and like, you know, with 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 bands disappearing at the drop of a hat and that bands that were big, you know, drops dropping, uh, disappearing at the drop of a hat. I mean, do you feel that you've kind of survived that in a way that you've kind of in a way you've kind of beaten the industry in that respect? Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I think that we, we, we have a very, um, we have a very punk rock approach to the way we tour and the way we deal with our band as a business. Um, we're very smart. Uh, for instance, on this tour, it's, you know, we're supporting of mice and men. So, you know, we're not the headliners. So we're, we're touring in a van and it's a very scaled down production. It's very punk rock. And I think that it's, it's smart. You know, we don't have a lot of crew that we're paying and things like that. And I, you know, I've definitely watched, 
other bands. You know, we've been on other tours where the bands were playing before us in a full tour bus with the full crew. And I'm like, you guys are going home in debt. Like, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, we've been very, very smart and and uh, tactical with our approach to how we tour and and and. Um, it's it's been able to allow us to make a living off off this even even when you know even like last year when our when it was like kind of one of our lowest years uh, as a band and we still were able to sort of like you know stay afloat and and um, you know we, a few of us own homes and, and cars and everything else we're married and it's like that that's part of you know that's amazing that we could make a living and thrive off of you know the type of music we play which isn't you know, very popular, you know, in, in most circles. And, um, so yeah, we've, we've just been very, uh, determined and we stay consistent and we just, we stay hungry. I think that's the most important part. Right. Jack, do you want to tell this one first? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, basically bless fall are sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. and have been for a long time and people have underappreciated them. And I hope they realize what them not taking notice of this brilliant band has, done that it almost <laughs> saw them completely fall off the edge uh and you can see that in like what Bo's saying that like it it's it's interesting like hearing him talk so openly about the past mm. um and it's no we say it every week that like bands aren't worried about like ruffling feathers and Bo is someone who's done this here like the switch over to rise um, how things didn't work out at Phyllis and stuff but then like showing what that time and that kind of like putting your feet over the edge and thinking well we may as well just free fall now has done to make hard feelings which when this album comes out honestly I, I'm I think I'm obsessed like <laughs> it's it's really got under my skin yeah. like, how brilliant this album is and just just the fact that they've gone, right, we're going to be this new kind of band. We want to be, like, a bit poppier. We want to experiment with these things, but still being, like, gut-bustingly heavy and sticking to the roots. Um, but also, like, going in step about, like, like lyrically and, like, not holding back. It's, like, it's a completely new age. And it's just so... It's so exciting that a band who have been around for, like... 10 years now like in one form or another like of outlet like in the same way that like Chris from Dashboard has always been around they've watched bands come and go yeah and they've always been there in some way shape or form and maybe it's a case that people just expected them to be there to always be there and just exist um but the fact that they've outlived so many people and are still going strong and are like probably at their best ever now yeah. like is a really exciting thing absolutely yeah I mean they're genuine survivors you know and obviously we chatted about that and how the industry is really difficult you know massive bands break up you know people lose interest and whatnot. and it Bo you know Bo and the rest of the guys in Blessed Four genuine survivors you know they've pushed through these really hard times uh, created what Jack said you know an absolute mosh banger it's absolutely amazing and just to kind of come back and have this absolute vitality and verve and still have that hunger to want to do this and keep pushing and being smart about things you know doing a van tour and like just you know just doing the right things basically it's absolutely brilliant to see and uh, you know like Jack says when you hear this album again just like in terms of a mosh pit album man this album's so good and just Bo's melodies are amazing Tamsin what are you saying? I mean 
<clears throat> kind of similar um, in terms of Underwraith as well. Like, I, I bless the fool, soundtracks a lot of my teenage years mm-hmm. when I was at university and, like, metalcore. Like, these bands were at, like, kind of the peak of the metalcore movement. And I kind of feel metalcore is... With the with Underwraith coming back and Bless Fall with their new album and like kind of the shift in you know moving to Rise and kind of changing things up a bit with their band as well, I feel like Metalcore's getting this kind of like it's, it's being picked up again. Like obviously there kind of seems to be shifts in what genre of rock is trendy or whatever. You know, it was pop punk for like four years, and I feel like there's a lot of new Metalcore bands coming out as well. Yeah. And it, it's kind of weird to seeing a lot of the newer Metalcore bands, but then but then the bands that have probably really really influenced all of these newer artists coming through and they're collectively going to make this really incredible metalcore scene again um but it's kind of like i feel like we've got like the grown-up metalcore kids and then you've got like the newcomers as well <laughs> like like under oath and bless the fall they yeah. they've seen it all they've done it all been through they've it, learned yeah. a lot they've experienced a lot they've been so close to breaking up um, and just kind of gotten through all the fights and the arguments that bands face over a 10-year period but they're still here and they're still making great music and it's it's really cool to see that even when you, you're kind of like at the point where it's like do we call it a day like the, the last album didn't go so well the label's not really backing us like they used to like what do we do is this is this the end like bands can still get through that and still deliver like the new music that bless the four are so fair play to them yeah well definitely yeah I, I mean i really respect it as well kind of what you've said you know and that he you know he's not afraid to go you know come on it is our time you know we've influenced yeah. all these bands people tell us that we were their first show or their first album or whatever you know like it, it's our time to really kind of take the mantle now for people to appreciate us and i thought that was really cool you know and of course like i mean obviously in a, in a joking way likening himself to liam gallagher being like i don't want to be yeah, liam gallagher that was great. Cool. yeah just absolutely brilliant i think that should be like his twitter bio from now on. Like <laughs> the liam gallagher of metalcore <laughs> um, Another thing I really like is, and it, it's it's like based around self love, because like he's going how um, to those left behind, which may have gone on people's radar. He's like great songs on that, like Hollow Bodies. People went into it, but we like that album. We still do it. Like I like when bands are like, you know what? Even if no one listened to this, I love it. Yeah, and I still do. Yeah, like it's more more people should do that. Like not so many bands now will go. Oh well, new stuff's the good stuff. Like, oh, oh, we don't play that old nonsense anymore. It's like, mm. no, I love everything you do. Like, you put your heart and soul into that, yeah. and like to see him going, yeah, we like it. Mm. Like, that's really nice to see. Yeah, so, no, it is. Yeah. yeah, and especially that it came after you know because obviously he told us a story of what had happened. But then he was like, but you know what? I do still really back to those left behind. I thought, yeah, like you say. I mean, I love that. It was so cool. Like mm. it just feels like, like you say, because he, he's such a nice guy. And none of it was arrogant. It was just in a in a self love way. You know, it's like you know we 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 are proud of this, and no one's going to kind of take that take that away from us. And I thought that was that was awesome. Yeah, he's, he's the loveliest man in Mel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, when you hear this album again, like like under oath you know there's a lot of connections like we've said between you know all of the interviews this week and it's just i feel like when you guys hear all this stuff and you you feel the vitality behind the music especially it, it's going to really blow you away um and i think that's amazing to have in a scene it, it suggests that things are you know um in a very healthy way which is brilliant so a huge shout out to bo and bless the fool absolutely amazing 
So just a reminder that our new issue, When Patty Met Austin, is on sale at shop.roxanne.tv. Um, as mentioned earlier, the Austin Knight bundle is gone. The Patty Walters bundle is gone. You guys um, bought them all up very, very quickly. But the Patty and Austin bundle is still available, including the Patty and Austin magazine cover, of course, hand-signed poster print, vinyl stickers, pin badge pack, and exclusive Patty and Austin tote bag with all free worldwide shipping. Absolutely amazing. Also includes 32 amazing stickers, all all sorts of stuff. Shop.rotsound.tv. So get on that now before it sells out. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, this is uh, going to be the last uh, Rotsound podcast for a little while. Um, but we are going to be back in a brand new format, as I said at the beginning of the show, in the very near future with all sorts of exciting new features, cool new stuff, loads of stuff to come. So definitely keep an eye out, keep an eye on the socials, everything, be on lock for it. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Guys, it's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's been all right, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, like all the best bands were going on hiatus. <laughs> And we'll come back like Fallout Boy and, and, and or indef- Under Oath. Oath. Yeah, yeah. Definite hiatus. Yeah. Uh, wait for our statement online. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with a video with like our um, like most ballad light tune. It'll be like black yeah. and white and it'll just be Jack sort of just being yeah. like, it was time. <laughs> yeah. it was, we, need, we, need, we, needed, we needed a break. We need space. We just, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go back. We needed to reignite the creative flow. I'm just going to go back in storage for a bit. Like, <laughs> like, recharge my batteries. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's been a lot of fun. You know. Please don't mess us too much. Yes. We, will, we will be back. Yes. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys very soon, I guess. I hope you enjoyed the show. And um, as I say, very soon, keep an eye out. Keep an eye on those socials. All right, love you. See you love soon. You, bye. 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 Take it easy. Look, turn the lights off when you leave. Yeah. See you. <laughs> bye. Bye.